You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Robert Karma Robinson. Rob is a fantastic actor. We went to the same undergrad where we got to do Othello together, which is still one of my favorite productions I've been a part of. He is an amazing performer and a joy to collaborate with, and it really made my week to sit down and talk about life and art with an old friend. I hope you enjoy the 56th episode of The Compass. question that I always start the podcast with is what do you do to try to go from (laughs) I'm not even gonna fuck it up what do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist and and what is the dark side for you because it's different for everybody Yeah. So I, I think for me, uh, what what I found the, the easiest way to remedy it, to remedy that is to surround myself with like-minded artists. Like, for instance, like um, Tommy has uh, um, shots. Those guys who produce shots. Yeah. Uh, just being able to, even if you're not participating, just go and watch and be in the same sort of um, collective. It tends to shake you right out of that because it inspires you in a way that. Like go to a show go or to a show or um, help someone build a show or yeah especially uh, for for me uh, whenever I go on like Echoey and I'm looking for you know auditions the the market for my particular skill set is very thin mm-hmm. um, and tends to be seems like it's thinner for uh, every day um, you know there's not a whole lot of like work for assist 
full um, language um, high level world. And so um, I try to stay creative. I didn't know. You paint? Yeah. I didn't know uh, that. When I lived in the city growing up in, in, uh, in New York, before I found acting, before I found it, I, I, was, I thought I was going to work for Marvel. So I was interested in being considered a Marvel local um, uh, city art contest. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go draw Spider-Man 50,000 times. Yeah. Saw that I had a penchant for for that. They they threw all the money they could at it. They bought me the paints, the easels, the pastels, the and uh, it's been a long time since I've actually done anything really like large pieces of work. I mean, <clears throat> growing up in the city uh, the, in the '80s was I mean you're just surrounded by so much of this amazing art. Like you could go to the train stations and the trains were art pieces because graffiti was so Yeah, how old were you when you m- went to Texas? Uh, I, was, I, I was 11 and a half. Okay. 11 and a half. Um, yeah, that's still pretty young to, yeah. like... Yeah, I wasn't... I, I mean, I was riding the trains, you know, by myself for a long, for a long time, but I, I learned to drive in Texas, you know. When you, when you learn to drive someplace, you kind of know it better than... Yeah. Do you write as well? I'm just curious. I have before, and I, yes, I do write, but it's it's in great spurts. Like there'll there'll be a, an impetus for me to write, and I'll write a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the kind of writing that I do, I think I write music. I hear music when I write. Um, so in my book of writing, like like the stuff that I read for. Um, Empower Hour. That's right. That came right out of a, like an old journal. Um, right. Because I, when I write, I, I think I write music. But in talking to um, Lori after that, she's like, no, I think you write poetry. I think what you write is poetry. And uh, she may be right about that. I, I, just, I just have never had anyone um, tell me what it is that I write. So I'm always looking for other people's opinions on it. Um, and I've actually posted a few. There's a, if you look on the, section of my Facebook page there was a, there was a time I was I was giving my writing to the, to uh, my social family for their input because I really wanted to know what they felt what I was writing um, and I got a few responses but it was never it was never enough for me to for it to really like hook me into writing all the time right well Facebook is weird like that sometimes you just, you just miss so much. well some things you post and for whatever algorithm lots yeah. of people see it and then something you post and someone's like oh I had no idea you did that yeah. and you're like oh yeah yeah that's what I mean I've talked about this on the podcast before I, I wish that I were a playwright and I'm not but mostly like the writing I've done takes more the form of like journaling or journaling is poetry kind of thing that's much more personal but I know you're close with a lot of playwrights I'm sure you could if you gave them a little envelope I'm sure you'd get some feedback uh, yeah 
if you really wanted to. I, uh, you know, I never really thought about that. It's like, you know, Larry's dial is actually uh, it's a perfect example of, of this is amazing. <clears throat> um, when, uh, when Larry was a senior, and I, I was a junior. Um, this Larry is a playwright who went to college with us, yeah. Yeah. So now, cut to 2016, he wrote, he's written and produced several of them, mm -hmm. a, a bunch of them I've been in. Um, so it's, it was it's kind of that weird synergistic thing where you say you do something and then here it is later on in life, he's, he's done it and he's really, really good. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about that because you guys have such a great collaborative relationship in addition to your friendship. And you just did another one of his plays in the room, which was wonderful. Do you find that you have a lot of those artistic relationships that kind of, it's not just a one project, you keep collaborating? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then um, the other one that I originally wrote in was um, the baseball show that I, I, I did. And that was, I've done that one maybe four or five times now. Too. It was Kansas City. Kansas no. City Swing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how did you, did you first meet them just through getting the job through an audition or? Oddly enough, no. Uh, I was, the first, the first job I ever had was at a small uh, playhouse on Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, I actually just talked to him yesterday. I just talked to him yesterday because uh, he um, he was uh, the curator of the African, the newly opened African American wing of the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. In DC. In DC. Yeah. That was his. Thing. Oh my gosh. Like they came to him and said, "Here's two million dollars and do this thing." Wow. Yeah. Is he is theater not his his only thing well, then? 
mm-hmm. in Jersey. Um, uh, they want to they want to tell me when I was early early two thousands. I think or not late nineties, but uh, you know the regional people want to tell me regionally, and uh, so it's been sort of handed over the reins of the company to other people, and has now been sort of this writing. We uh, we actually um, formed. That's how Fly got, got started, and that's how Kansas City Swing got started. They all came out of being um, being like uh, writing for these this school, uh-huh. and turning their plays. <laughs> actually, Fly was actually um, what's the word? Uh, commissioned. Commissioned. Thank you by Lincolnton. Okay. And it was a forty-five minute month uh, play that they were taking around all the, the local schools because. And because it, it seems like both these plays are historically yeah. based, I mean, yeah, which is when, when, you, when it comes to African American historical figures, that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> what you I built your house on. Uh, <laughs> any of the histories of African Americans in the country. Yeah. Um, we, we, we gotta <laughs> we gotta pick so the next gotta, one for him to write the next play. I know. You gotta do that mountaintop by Katori Hall. All no, right. No. Um, yeah. That's really special. Uh, it's been a great relationship. And it's like it's rare that you can pick up the phone and call a you know, director, writer of his caliber and don't call him back. Yeah. <laughs> don't call him back and talk, man. I knew I knew I mean, I knew his I knew you know, when he was dating his now wife, I was like I was, you know, really into their you know, relationship when they were meeting. I was like, She's crazy. <laughs> you give him the pep talk. <laughs> I was going to ask you about mentors. Is that someone, would you consider that relationship kind of in that, that vein? Absolutely. Um, very much so. Um, it, well, it, 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 gave, it gives me sort of a hope for the future that there is uh, a successful African-American uh, man in the theater, in mm-hmm. the business of creating work, in the business of, of uplifting art in this way. And he didn't have to sacrifice his integrity or or um, his his own artistic creation to to right. anybody's you know level of that you know he he made it he made a way to he found a way to be successful by his own terms on his own terms and I feel like for cats like me who sort of aren't the norm um, mm-hmm. it inspires me to you know and uh, I'm especially stoked that like you know so many of our friends have joined us and so we're all okay. Got the Evansville Mafia for yeah, sure. Well, that's you know that's an interesting thing. And like like you were saying before with the dark side, like comparing yourself to other people when you're not working, and it's um, you know it's a really inspiring thing in some ways that like we are peers with such people through our various training and everything and our friendships, some of which have gotten very lucky and are like really doing this at like the quote unquote, like top level or whatever, like they're making the money and they're on the big shows or whatever. Great. But 
everyone I know is doing amazing things, is making things like you were saying, like just in your daily life, whether you're making a big project or not, you're painting, you're creating something. And so how do you define success for yourself in a way that like you can celebrate when you get a big break and when one of your friends gets a big break, but that can't be the only thing that you call success because otherwise that only happens once every 20 years, (laughs) you know? Um, So I don't know if that's a very specific question, but... It's hard. Like the day-to-day life is hard. That can get in the way. I think I think the measure of success for me is the fact that it doesn't wane or it hasn't waned. That your desire is still there. Like this is the mission. Yeah. That's how that's how I describe it to a lot of people. I like that. I tell people like I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's enough of a measure of success for me. Yeah. Because I, I think uh, inevitably the the monetary all that extra stuff being issued into the other echelons of um, success I think those are inevitable if your if your desire is strong and if your will for it is is strong enough. So it'll come. Um, far too often I feel like a lot of us um, think it's a sprint rather than a marathon. Right? Mm-hmm. We're still here. It's been a minute. (laughs) We're still here. Um, Can we talk a little bit about like day jobs and like how you've how you've pieced together um, over the past ten years, like living the life and paying the bills? Um, It most most of it has been freelance work, Mm -hmm. and I've been lucky enough that it's been freelance work in the same sort of vein. Yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, and uh, they just most I, I now work for them at their sort of not for profit building. They have a building like um, downtown Brooklyn, um, right around the corner from Banff, and it's sort of like a, a multifaceted space. They do a lot of things in there. They have public access classes. They do a lot of um, there. Um, they do a lot of shows there, and a lot of them are uh, either free or or they have tickets that are subsidized, so you can you can see a lot of really great art place of uh, brick house um, and uh, I, I actually got the job through another youth guy um, Derek Wright oh yeah he brought me, <laughs> he, he brought me in uh, I want to say like five or six years back to work a summer in the park he was doing lighting for them yeah, yeah nice 
opened this new space a few years ago, two, three years ago, they opened this uh, brick house down there. Uh, they called me and they said, hey, we would like you to come over and, you know, help us, you know, do one of their things. And I've been with them ever since. So wait, what do you do at the building itself? Uh, like I, when they have performances there? you have performances Got it. Are, like, I'm, like I basically, I, I set it. up and take down. Awesome. Uh, you know, staging, I hang lights, all that stuff that you just actually come like Chuck yeah. Newsom, shout out to my that's true. Uh, so yeah, like, but still in this field, like I, I've seen some amazing art. Yeah, that's kind of amazing that yeah. you get to see all these concerts and shows. Uh, we just I just did a uh, Ron Brown. He's a his a uh, he's a core choreographer, and um, his company does or has. I'd say they're sort of like the the Brooklyn Alvin Ailey's, if you will. Um, but they just they were just in residency uh, about two weeks ago, and. Uh, I worked for that work their con their uh, their shows last year too, and so they there was there was an uh, already an established relationship with that. So nice. So things like that. That's how I've sort of been been able to keep the lights on. And the fact is, I'm from here, and my family's had a brownstone in Brooklyn for the last since the 1920s. So that that affords me a lot more leeway than say some of my friends in the city who have to right. struggle every day just to make rent. Right. I don't really pay rent. I don't pay. Oh, I mean, I don't pay New York rent. Right. Well, that's. I was also going to ask about your family and how they. Um, I mean, you said that they were very supportive when you were young and like starting to paint and stuff. But um, how they take in your choice to be an artist, uh, well, and then also how is it to live with <laughs> your dad? Great for the rent, but how is that for you as a, a guy? Several questions. So, um, for the most part, I guess I, right about the time my parents separated and uh, my family was kind of doing this dual thing, I think we all had to find it, it find a way within ourselves to to do what we needed to do without the the, uh, the help of other people. And uh, for the most part, that's kind of what it is. I mean, they they're always really gra- glad when they. I think my mom's my biggest fan. That's always going to be the thing. She calls me Little Denzel. Little Denzel. <laughs> um, and she's still in Texas? Yeah, she's still okay. in Texas. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, and the old man, yo, I come from my old man. <laughs> the old man was, um, when, when my parents met, the old man was a budding Calypso singer. Oh. Yeah, so uh, okay. he was an artist himself. So I think, I think just the fact that he was an artist himself, he kind of understands what the life is. A little bit. So he's really kind of like he's there, but he does. He's not like you know some like he's not like Beyonce's mom. (laughs) If they were, I think I'd be probably further along. But but no, um, I've sort of been left to my own devices to to create a life for myself that they they support, but not like tax cutting, not like handouts. And and then the other part of that living with the old man has been. It's been an interesting um, view into my parents' relationship because, uh, uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I probably shouldn't be here because they're such disparate people. They're just so different. I don't understand yeah. how, well, I guess the opposites do attract because they're, they're really disparate. Um, but living with them has been, it's been fine. 
Two bedrooms. Um, is it separated into apartments? Like, do you have your yeah, own yeah, yeah, your own yeah, space? Yeah, it's a three-story brownstone. I guess four if you include the basement. Um, so he has a whole basement apartment to himself. Um, and my little sister lives in with him too. Oh. Yeah. She she just moved to New York two years ago. I was gonna say I don't know if I've met your little uh, sister. I don't think anyone has. What does she do? She's an accountant. I don't know Good if she's for her. An accountant, but Good for her. What? She's an MBA. That's what she's doing. Okay. She's really smart, and she's sort of like a super, super extreme version of me. Like if I, if I had stayed a little more jaded and cynical, <laughs> like that's really. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so. So you're all living so close to each other, but you're but each doing see, your own thing. Yeah. yeah. I never see them unless Interesting. I really look for them. Right. I could go months without seeing my family. Right. And we live, which is just so weird weird i mean you know nice that they're not up in your business all the time no, but but maybe a little extreme because i know so many of my friends they're really close to their family and yeah they go you know to thanksgiving and mm-hmm. like because obviously like you know you don't do christmas with them right yeah yeah like i just actually went to ask the old man today i was like hey you going to texas this year because normally we go to texas you know for christmas and then <laughs> um, yeah, we're just not big on the whole togetherness thing. Right. And we love each other, but no, I mean, I mean, that's just interesting to me. Not being from New York. Because my daughter's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to." Oh, that's okay. <laughs> do we need a Do we need a snack break? No, no. I, 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 you might have to edit out. Or if you want to get more water, feel free. Um, no, well, I feel like so many of us who are not from here have like a chosen family. But our our actual families are just farther away, so it's kind of it's that uh, separation is a little our clearer. And you've done kind of the same thing, but it's just interesting that your family is just right next door. Like, like yeah, I, I I I can hear them sometimes. Like if I'm in the bathroom upstairs, I can hear my little sister laughing in her room, and I'm like, oh, I guess bad girl time. <laughs> so. You've done so much work regionally. I wanted to ask you about working out of town and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have certain rituals now that help you get through that or if you really enjoy it or um, if it's hard to be I, away from your home. I, I need it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, especially if you grew up in one of media-based operations. Um, this isn't an easy town to live in as an artist, especially for a lot of the new things that we, we, uh, we, we talked about. Um, especially because New York is a town that makes people, it changes people. It, it uh, makes them more guarded. Mm-hmm. We try to do that here, and 
still ain't living up to the motive. Or, um, I know I'm addicted to my headphones now. I won't. I won't go around the corner to the grocery store without my headphones. Mm-hmm. A reflection of that. Yeah. Just reflect of what's going on around us, and you can't do that if your if your eyes are covered and your ears are covered and your soul is covered. So, so what? Um, I, I love I love it. I was um, the first the first time I, I went out was a, was a tour with our Montana repertory, and I was on the road for about a year and a half. Oh my gosh. And Mm-hmm. When I got back to New York and I was seeing what Broadway was about, you know, it, it just it, it never stopped. It stopped appealing to me in that way. Um, you know, once upon a time, Broadway used to be like a vehicle for the, the great American artists, you know, the Steinbecks and the Williams, and, you know, the Odettes. And, and these, these guys were they were reflecting their time in a way that inspired people. And now you can't you can't spit on Broadway without hitting something that Disney has a has a hand in or whatever. Um, and like even even the stuff that they. Yeah, there's there's it's small huge. like small bright spots here and there, but yeah. the the, the vast majority. Yeah. It's like movies. It's like movies too, because it's like oh, we're gonna do the twelfth spinoff of this one thing that worked. Yeah, instead of creating something new.
it was time to help. Yeah. And like I said, I've been lucky that I found like minded artists who write and like I, I wouldn't have gotten to that first page if if um, if I hadn't worked with Rick on the fly and he saw something in me that he was like, I want to write this dude. And in the same way that Larry was like, well, I want to uh, write for him, and he did, and then he has kept writing for him. And and I feel like I feel like when you build relationships like that, you're gonna be successful. There's there's just no reason it's not true when you have a collaboration with like-minded people you build something that is you know honest and, and, and real I think I, I think it's inevitable so I'll get paid more for this <laughs> well and you can also get paid more sometimes because like there are more um, interesting plays going on off Broadway but I mean they they just won yeah, the fair wage on stage and that's going to take years to be implemented and like you can't survive Yeah. You know, because you know, I don't need you know rent, but for a lot of my friends, it's it's just not in the cards for them. And I get even if, even if it is something that speaks to them artistically and they would love to do it, like they can't do it for two hundred and fifty dollars a week. No. Um, tell me about in the room, Larry's latest play. Great show. Did you learn? Did, what did you learn doing this? I know as you're working with a lot of people you've worked with before. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this play that Larry wrote was kind of all about like writers workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all took place like in a room with a bunch of writers doing different classes and workshops, which to me was <laughs> very familiar being from the theater. I, I wonder what people who aren't in the theater would, uh, take from it. I, but. You know, I, I think, I think it speaks to not just like what goes on in the room, but it speaks to something that is inherently human. Not all of us desire to. Mm-hmm. And over the course of, I guess, the month that we've been performing, we've been going there a few times. And I just so happened I shuffled the conversation the last uh, couple, the last week with one of the bouncers. Um, and this, uh, the bouncer, he, he turned out uh, this huge dude, probably like 350 pounds, looked like a bouncer. So we were, I was sitting outside smoking a cigarette and shuffled the conversation. It turns out he used to be a chef. He used to mm. have his own restaurant. And until 9-11 happened. Yeah. Juvenile offenders. And I was like, yo, hey man, um, well, I'm doing your show off the block, off the street, but you should come check it out. And he did. He came? He came. The last, the last show he came and like, he like, that's awesome. Loved it. Like, had us, had me sign the program and take it back. <laughs> I had all the other actors sign it. He was like, yo man, I'm glad, I'm glad they came to see this. And, and he wasn't a writer. He wasn't, but right. I think in that way, like, he was a creative person. When you speak, Well, and what what I also loved about the story was, um, like a lot of the writers, the characters are, you're kind of rehashing your own history, even if they're writing something that isn't necessarily quote unquote related. Like, 
I think that's fascinating for all human beings, whether whether they're aware they're doing it, like we are, because we're artists or not, like trying to construct some sort of narrative that makes sense as to what's happened to you in your life or like where you came from or your parents or like your ancestors. Bye. <laughs> Art. It's so scary, but hope, hopefully that can be one bright thing so people try to do something. Um, is there something from the last few years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? Like a lesson you've learned? or It doesn't have to be like a huge event. Yeah, but like that is one of the things that is going to hit me when I'm on the train. <laughs> You can think about it. You know what I think it is? I think it is um, the ability to not let my surroundings affect, or not not just my surroundings, but like my my station, um, surroundings and station affect the joy and the love and the ability to be light. Even if I'm not, even, even even if I don't feel that, I just just putting it on your face and, and making your way through it. Even when you even when it's not re- reciprocated to you, being able to be like, it's okay, you know that. Just having the ability to just smile and, and show that light outside of all this dark. I feel like that is uh, that for me has been has been like a, a big thing. I like that. Do you think you would ever move out of New York? I do. Yeah? I do. Um, because New York's always home for me, at least for the Robinsons. And we've been there a long time. Um, but I don't, I, don't, I don't know if New York is for me forever. It's definitely not a forever place for me. It, um, it's where the bad cave is. <laughs> if you are having a day where you're feeling like you're 
just uninspired and depressed or whatever. Are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again, like a book that you reread or music you listen to or or whiskey, a place you go <laughs> um, with your whiskey? Um, I, I try, uh, I think it's going to be always, uh, one of the great things for me is um, I watch a lot of like movies and television mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something about the performances and the mental release for me it's, it, it's a time and place I remember seeing it in the theater with the old man I remember, you know go on the train and seeing it at 42nd Street you know with the old man and uh, so like the, uh, the things like that just being able to to remember a time when it wasn't so dire yeah because it, sometimes it, it just feels like it's just not that serious what, whatever's going on seems like the most dire thing and, and and if you if you let it fester if you if you sit in it then it becomes a problem and I try not to do that anymore. right find some find something find light some, find some light find yeah. some light yeah uh, and then the last question is have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend of any of any art form well, I, I'm, I'm always going to recommend uh, Sweet Memo because uh, I, I used to work there. And uh, Tim Heck. Um, That's right. He, I think he's now. He's there now? Lead, yeah, I think he's the lead Oh. I think he's the, the main that character in that. Nice. That's like the main track in that show now. And, um, and a lot of the like Andres has been, you know, they, they've been around for about, Yeah, they, this company does, um, so what, the first Monday of every month, they put up a bunch of short plays that people have had just like three weeks to work on and put up. Oh, yeah, nice. there you go. So, uh, I'll be going to that tonight. Um, I'll be in the room in January. Um, uh, you know, it, when, when, you, when, you keep, when you get a collective of artists together, because it, it, does, it does just stop with Andres, because um, we were bringing so many like-minded outside of that can happen. Like for me, a play like that was directed on actor in the course of rehearsing for shots and then and you, you then you create another relationship. Mm-hmm. That, that can inspire you to do something else. And it just helps you have something to work on if you have a month when you're I, and that's one of the things I tell people like even if it's even if it's this, you know, this little kitschy thing that you do when you you know, whatever, you're still practicing. You're still working on stuff. You're still you're still in the room with people. You're still Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, not all creation is great, <laughs> but not all of it has to be. Just create. And what, what chips you have over there, you should have put in there. <laughs> That's okay, you're allowed to swear. <laughs> oh, I've been doing you would have been, been, you really been swearing good. this whole time. You're fine. Um, but yeah, uh, so anything that I'm actually doing and 
this dimension shot that they do. They're doing, they're taking shots using them and uh, developing them into full-length plays with their uh, new um, first draft, uh, I think what they call it. Um, uh, that is no more jumping than that, I assume, when it's done. Well, we'll end it on that. That's a good note, though. Just keep creating. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.